Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I'd like to now introduce, is it Ray? Our speaker, Ray, this evening. I'm a standing compulsive board reader. My name is Ray. Hi. Hi. August the 1st of this year will be 37 years of back-to-back abstinence, maintaining a 55-pound weight loss. Okay. And I want to give you some ideas. I came into the program, and they said I had to have abstinence. Abstinence must be the most important thing in my life without exception. And when I saw that sign in the OA office, I said, Baloney, a nice car, a big house, fancy vacation, that is the most important thing in life. Not true. Abstinence must be the most important thing in life without exception. The reason for it being is without being abstinent, I can't find God. And without God, I can't work the program. So what causes me to get fat? F-A-T. Fear, anger, and tension. If I can control those three things with the tools of this program, I can avoid those situations. Okay. I'm trying I make some quick notes here because I the 37 years I came in the program and they said uh, why are you here? I said, I don't understand why I'm here because I'm fine. They said, you're fine? I said, yeah, I'm fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and eating. <laughs> but I was fine. So it goes to show you that I didn't know. I'm going to skip about military school because I'm trying to get into all the uh, things that are important. As a kid, I was taken to military school. And my mom said, look around. My dad committed suicide when I was five, so I was raised by a neurotic mom. She said, look around the school, Page Military, the big school for little boys. She said, if you like it, you can stay, and if you don't like it, you can come home. Great. Sounds good. So I looked around the school and decided I didn't like it and turned around to tell mom about it, and I had been abandoned. So I looked up abandoned. It means to dump, desert, ditch, discard, dispose of, or throw out, or away. That didn't put me in very good stead with my mom. So what I had to learn about this program is it didn't open the gates of heaven to let me in. It opened the gates of hell to let me out. Okay. What I had to be aware of out there is the spies that were lurking everywhere. S-P-I-E-S. That meant there was something wrong with my spiritual my physical, my intellectual, my emotional, or the social aspects of my life. And until I could get those in order, my life would not be happy, joyous, and free. In order to do that, it took four D's like David there. Number one is if I wanted to recover, I'd have the desire. Once I had the desire... 
I had to make some kind of a decision. Once I made that decision, I had to exercise the discipline. I had to exercise the direction. Sorry about that. And then once I got that direction, I had to exercise the discipline. So when my sponsor said, this is what you'll do, and this is how you'll do it, I had a sponsor who told me, I will tell you what to do and you will do it, and that solves it. And that's how I learned the program. Okay. Zen say the student is ready, the, the, the teacher will appear. And I walked in and I said, I'm going to look to see if there's anybody worthwhile here. And I heard some broad, an alcoholic woman who had uh, better than 30 years of the program, been pronounced dead from alcoholism three different times. And uh, I thought, okay, I'll impress her. So I came up to her afterwards in my John Wayne walk. I sucked my thumbs in my belt, cocked my head, <laughs> leaned over a little bit and said, Lady, what can you do for a guy who is everything in life but more money? She said, you go home and call me and I'll tell you what to do. So I went home I called her. I called her on Monday, which was the next day after the meeting. I called her on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and each day I hung up. <laughs> on Saturday I did that and she answered and I figured uh oh I'm in deep trouble uh, she's going to really curse at me she says Ray I have been praying all week that you'd call there let's get together so she says I will tell you what to do you will do it and that's the story of her I want to get so she would tell me, she'd say, Ray, you need to do this. I'd say, but Dottie, you don't understand. She'd say, and Ray, you need to do that. And I'd say, but Dottie, you don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit different. But Ray, Dottie, you gotta do, you gotta, Ray, you got to do this. Dottie, but, but, but. You know what but, but, but is? That's a mating call of an asshole. Okay. So anyway, what I had to do was develop, what I had to do was develop humility. Humility, that's the absence of aggressive self-assertion, the ability to be teachable. And that's what I had to do. I had to remember that God gave me two ears and one mouth so I could hear more and say less. And, um, you know, she says, Ray, you don't brush your teeth with gunpowder. Don't go around shooting off your mouth. Just listen. So I did that. You see, one of the things I learned in this program is that when I'm down to nothing... God is up to something. And when I came in, I was handed a card that said, I can't, God can, so I'll let him. An interesting thing there is a little poem that I saw one day called, um, oh boy, how about that? Um, what is it called? Well, I'll think about it later on. That's all right. Page 14 in the big book, uh, I often tell people that I saw God face to face, and they said, not, not possible. Well, page 14 relates the story of this situation. And when I went to the doctor the next day and uh, told him what the story was, guess what he said? Something strange has happened to you that I don't understand. But you better hang on to it. A direct quote right out of the big book. Okay. So what I found out about the big book is it was set up in PSA. 
That is not Pacific Southwest Airlines. It's set up with the problem, the solution, and then the action steps necessary to get the living method of happy, joyous, and free. See, I was always judging myself by my intentions, and the world was judging me by my actions. Quite a difference there. So they said, Ray, there are certain acts that you're going to have to perform. Now, I know nothing about being in the, on the stage or in the movies or anything of that sort. And they said, no, no, no. A is to abstain. C is to clean house. T is to trust God. And S, S is to render service. And I told my sponsor almost 37 years ago, and I said, if, and I'm sure that I'm wrong, but if I should ever recover or get any degree of recovery in this program, and I'm not cured, guys, what I have is a daily reprieve based upon my spiritual condition. So don't let time say he's cured because he's not there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip that so I can get to the other. We're going to talk about the stairway or the steps. S-T-E-P-S. Steps taken expectantly promote serenity. Serenity, the ability to live peacefully, joyously, and comfortably with myself. The only... Um, the only... Um, what I want to say. They say there's 12 suggested steps to recovery. The big book says that's not true. There are only 11 suggested steps to recovery. The first step, surrender, is a compulsory step. And it says this in the book. We had to admit to our animal selves that we are compulsive overeaters. This is the first step of recovery. The other 11 steps are suggested steps to recovery. Okay. So, how do I surrender? Well, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning, I sit up in bed, and even before I go piddle, I put, put my feet over the side of the bed and do the third step prayer on page 63. And it says this, it says, And I do everything with visualization because all great ideas begin in the workshop of the imagination. So I visualize that the coach, that's God as I understand him, the coach is there, and I say, Coach, I offer myself to thee, and I visually see myself moving forward to build with me, and I vision him building, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. And what is help? H-E-L-P, meaning His ever-loving presence. Okay. Surrender is not submission. It is simply being held in check by a power greater than myself, God as I understand Him. Skip this for a moment. Responsibility. Honesty and thought. Truth and words. Love and action. 
And what is responsibility? It is my response to God's ability. Okay, moving right along. How I solve problems. Problems are not problems. They're not stumbling blocks. They're stepping stones. Four things I need to do. Number one, what is the problem? Number two, what are the causes of the problem? Number three, what are all possible solutions to this problem? And number four, out of all possible solutions, pick the one that's best. And that solves the problem. Okay, I talked about abstinence. Hamlet said it good. Said it good. He says, refrain tonight, and that shall lend a kind of easiness to the next abstinence and the next more easy, for use can almost change the stamp of nature. In other words, if we keep on doing what we've been doing as far as abstinence goes, it will become easier. Okay. Obsession versus compulsion. One of the things I had to learn about the program is the difference between obsession and compulsion in order to be a abstaining compulsible reader. The obsession is the fixed idea, the fixed idea that I can do something just one time. The compulsion is, is that once I get started, I'm unable to stop. Now, I haven't had Snickers candy bars in 37 years. I checked out of the drugstore. They got them on the counter there. Now they put peanut butter in them, uh, nuts and all kinds of stuff, and they've increased the size of them. I know all about them. I haven't tasted them. And I could just see what would happen. I would take one, and my mind would say, You see, Ray, you got almost 37 years in the program. You're cured, man. You're the unique specialist. Have another one. You didn't go out in traffic. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And guess what? The obsession was, was accepted, and now the compulsion kicks in. And once I get started, I'm unable to stop. Okay. Page 45 in the big book talks about having a power greater than myself. Again, we're back to I can't. God can, so I'll let him. Now, we talk about how to work the program. H-O-W. H for honesty. O for open-mindedness. And W for willingness. That's fine. As far as it goes, it doesn't go far enough for me. I want to know where this applies. Well, if I change H-O-W to W-H-O, then I got who needs to be honest, open-minded, and willing. Well, now I'm making progress. However, there is something lacking. And what is lacking is power to do this. So if I change uh, H-O-W and and W-H-O, I can now go to O-W-H, one with him. Now I have the power that I need to work whatever I'm going to do with God in the forefront. Okay. I explained how I'll do. I've got a poem I was thinking about. Broken dreams. 
It goes something like this. As children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because He was my friend. But instead of leaving Him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ideas that were my own. Suddenly I grabbed them back and cried, How could you be so slow? My child, he said, What could I do? You never did let go. And you see, one of the things I had to do was learn to know was to let, no, let God, let go and let God. Step two is the first suggested step in the big book. There. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Standing for forsaking all I trust Him. You see what I do? I play with an acronyms. When I was in kindergarten, we used to walk into class and we, were, we had compartments where we put the umbrella, we put our lunch pail, we put our jackets, etc. So I try to put my mind in a compartment, uh, compartmentalize so that I can keep these things in order. So... I use an acronyms a lot to catch these things. Forsaking all, I trust Him. But what is so amazing about faith, other than the fact that uh, that we we know we we hear supposedly that faith works, but the reason it works is because faith sees the invisible. It believes the incredible, and it receives the impossible. Faith really does work. I can tell you that over 37 years, the magic of believing really does work. You see, what I think about is what I become all day long. So if I'm thinking in negative terms, I've got to be getting negative results. And if I'm thinking in positive terms, I've got to be getting positive results. So... uh, Fear was a big thing. I'm going to get to fear when I there. I can't get that close. Fear was the biggest character defect that showed up in my inventories. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. If you don't like that, you fuck everything and run. <laughs> there. However, what I prefer is face everything and recover. When I face the things I fear the most, the death of fear is certain. When I face the things I fear the most, the death of certain is so certain. Step two when I came in, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity or serenity, the ability to peacefully rejoice and come to myself. Came means I showed up. Came to means I woke up. And came to believe means I stood up under the umbrella of God. You see, belief is suspicion before the fact, but faith is knowledge after the fact. Okay? Moving right along. Step three, trust. That's where I make a decision to turn my will, which is my wishes, my wants, and my desires, and my life over to the care of God as I understand them. I kick in the last half of step 11, praying only for the knowledge of His will for me, the power and patience I kick in to carry it out. Okay, I'm going to skip that. 
going to skip that, save time. How are we doing on time? Oops, I better. Okay. Uh, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light so that I can go out into the darkness. And he said, go out into the darkness, put your hand into the hand of God. That for you shall be better than any light and safer than a known way. Now, about this time, you're probably getting the idea that I play with this stuff all day long, and I do, all day, every day. How can I do more of God's will, and how can I help more people? H-E-L-P, His ever-loving presence. Because they say you can't keep what you've got unless you give it away. So... I said to the coach, I says, Coach, how do I know that if I do all these things that I can be successful? Do you, do you, I mean, do you have a, a recipe for putting together a, a human being like me? He says, yeah, I'll tell you what I, the recipe that I use for all my kids. I said, oh, great, what is it? He says, I design them for accomplishment, I engineer them for success, and I endow them for greatness. Now, what more could you ask for? Okay. Let's see. I'm going to move on here. Step four, inventory. I said I wouldn't do an inventory. Then I said if I did an inventory, I sure as heck wouldn't give it away. And guess what? I did several inventories and I gave them all away. And there's nothing... If, you, if everybody in this room wrote an inventory right at gut level and threw it in the middle of the room, five minutes later you couldn't pick up your own inventory. That's how similar they all are. Let me skip that one there. Let me skip that one. Anger. I was an angry person because I could never make a living when I was out there. And anger is resentment turned outward. And, of course, what is resentment is anger turned inward there. And as soon as I got rid of that, as soon as I understood what it was, I could go out there, go on straight commission, and earn a living. Let's see. I told you about fear. To get rid of fear, I went to the AA 12 and 12 and on step seven in my book, it says something along this line. The chief activator of my character defects is self-centered fear. Primarily fear that I'll lose something I already possess or I'm going to fail to get something that I demand. Living upon a basis of unsatisfied demands, I will be in a state of continual disturbance or frustration and no peace is to be had or found until I find a means for reducing those demands. The means for reducing those demands, step one, surrender, step two, faith, and step three, trust. Okay. I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. Skip that. The six W's I share with people. Working will, win while, wishing, won't. So we say, work the program, 
if you want to be successful. And what is success, incidentally? Success is a progressive realization of any worthy ideal. Okay, moving right along here. Let's skip that. There. Let's skip that. Okay. Page 98 in the big book. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every human being that they can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that they trust God and clean house. What a simple but not easy program this is. Page 112 in in the third edition, first three words on the book is, read this book. Interesting. (laughs) Acceptance. I was lucky that Dr. Paul signed my book before he died. I was lucky. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems. Whenever I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation unacceptable to me, and I can find no peace, etc., until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation exactly as it's supposed to be. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Okay, moving right along here. Just skip that. Okay, we're going to have some questions. Okay, good. All right, I'm going to come up with two closing thoughts now so that we can get a couple of questions if you have any. And here's the two closing thoughts. Number one is this. The architect of the universe didn't build a stairway that leads nowhere And the second thought is, the love in my heart wasn't put there to stay. I still can't keep what I've got until I give it away. Thanks for the privilege of doing it. (laughs) Questions? Oh, now come on. I got bad ears, so you got to yell. I said thank you for what you (laughs) did. Um, so far in life, what has been your greatest fear and how did you overcome it? My greatest fear is that I'll start fearing. <laughs> now, my greatest fear, uh, at this moment, probably I would have to say, if I really pinpointed it, it would be that, uh, that at some point I'm not going to reach the age 100 that I'm going for. There. Health is, is the most important thing in generally speaking. But fear, uh, I'm not really fearful of anything. Uh, I, I experience fears all the time. I mean, at, at the moment, uh, you may hear some horses in my throat. And uh, uh, I've had a lot of one thing or another they're trying to swallow vitamin pills and sometimes they run into a difficulty and now being a neurotic you know I'm a neurotic just like everyone else here I'm highly emotional easily upset very sensitive but worst of all 
capable of making decisions destructive to myself. Now, I've had no diagnosis. I've had nothing else. But what do you think I came up with? Throat cancer. Obvious. Obvious. So this is the type of thing that happens. But when I get it, I look at it and say, Okay, coach, you can't, I can't. Let's move on from there. That's it. Yes, ma'am. When did I finally hit it? Well, when the, from the day one, I sat in the first row. Because I, I sat in the back row, and they said the winner sit up front. So immediately, I moved up to the front there, and I wanted to listen and learn and prove that perhaps I might be wrong. And I wasn't sure that I could be wrong because I always thought I was right, and the rest of the world was wrong. That's why I couldn't get along in the world there. But that wasn't the case. And so I started listening. And the more I listened, the more I learned. And even today, I go to meetings. And uh, I don't go to night meetings anymore because I'm night blind. But I try to listen and learn. And I don't have all the answers. But as you do it more and more and more, and as you put God in the forefront, However God is to you, uh, God to me uh, is one thing. God to other people may be something else there. But the architect of the universe, as far as I'm concerned, is the one that's in charge. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for your share. I really appreciate it. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your food plan? My food plan, yes. My food plan is this. It's a two-part food plan. The first part is I can eat anything that I want in any quantity that I want at any time of the day or night that I want. That's part one. Here's part two. As long as I'm willing to pay the price. And for almost 37 years, I've not been willing to pay the price, and that's why I maintain that 55-pound weight loss for almost 37 years. There. We were just we just got off of a cruise, the uh, Greek, uh, Italy and the Greek Isles. You know what their f- feeding plan is? 24/7. There. It's wonderful. There. But you know what? You guys aren't there watching me. But God is, so I can't, God can, so I'll let him. So he was in charge of the abstinence, and all I did is follow his lead, and everything was fine. I came back, I didn't gain or lose a single pound either way. So, yes ma'am. Thank you so much, I really appreciate it.
meditate, all these quotes you said, and especially the way you think about it, you become all day long. You were really strong in your wording of acceptance and that there are no accidents. And I'm wondering how, when you come across things difficult, like health, like I'm dealing with health right now that's really serious, how you get into an acceptance of knowing there are things you need to let go of, trusting that this is exactly how it's supposed to be when you have no answers and you're dealing with a lot of pain and problems. How did you stay in acceptance and trusting God when you might have found a personal struggle that was more than you felt like you could bear? For me... Uh, acceptance, and the reason you heard the the increase in volume at certain words, is I need to understand where this acceptance is. Is it just in a bunch of words in the book, or does it pertain to me? And I have to understand that I am responsible, and I need to accept. And as soon as I get this in, and again the key here is, if I can, if I can get some visualization of God as I understand them, there, then everything else will start falling in place once I've got that higher power. There, it's just a question of visualization. All great ideas begin in the workshop of the imagination, so you can visualize. Any God that you want. If worse comes to worse, you can use George Burns and old God. That worked for a lot of people. You'd be surprised. Well, you guys are wonderful, but no questions. I must have done an outstanding job or a lousy job, and they're going to say, oh, terrible. Go ahead. Thank you for your share. I was going to talk a little bit about your concept of higher powers. I'm sorry. My concept of a higher power is God, G-O-D. Uh, and I will answer that for you. Uh, for me, and I'm Jewish, okay, and I was bar mitzvah, had a big bar mitzvah, much bigger than my wedding, everything. <laughs> well, I was, why was I bar mitzvah? Because I knew there was a lot of gifts there. That's what I was after. The spiritual aspect of my life was developed in this program. There. Now, page 14, and look it up in the book, you'll find out that it says something like, God comes to most men gradually, but his effect on me was profound. I woke up at 4.32 in the morning, and the room was light, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I'm late there. And now you can choose to believe this or not. And if you're not Jewish, you're going to believe it's someone else who you and I both know. And that's okay too for you. Not for me, but for you it's, it's fine. I have no problem with that. Okay? So I looked I thought, well, obviously I'm dreaming. So I sat up in bed. And I looked down to see if my wife was sound asleep. And she was. I thought if she opens her eyes and sees this, Male, solid figure, not miss, not this kind of stuff. Solid figure there. She's going to go right through the ceiling at 4.32 in the morning. 
So I thought, well, this is very interesting. And he said this. He says, Raymond, he calls me Raymond instead of Ray. He says, Raymond, from this moment on, everything will be all right. Didn't say perfect. He says, it'll be all right. Now, hey, I'm no dummy. I accept warm fuzzies. Cold pricklies I don't always accept, but warm fuzzies I take. (laughs) So I laid back down. I got up in the morning and I thought, what a dream that was. I wrote it down in my big book. From that time on, things have been different because it's the magic of believing. And I break out in goosebumps. I physically believe that who I saw was God as I understand Him. And when my sponsor, who happened to be Christian, said, get down on your knees, I said, whoa. She said, what's the matter? I said, I'm Jewish. She said, get down on your knees anyway. God doesn't care. And ask God to reveal Himself to you as He wants you to know Him. So I got down my knees. I said, okay, Father, reveal yourself to me as you want me to know you. I got up. I said, nothing happened. She says, keep doing it. So I kept doing it. At 4.32 that morning, the following morning, there, that's when that vision appeared. So for me, without that, I don't know where I would have been. I don't know if I would have been able to visualize some God. And the time is up. Thanks for letting me share.